Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. thinking of dog ownership do you have a dog and sometimes wonder what the hell did i get myself into well today we are chatting about the things no one tells you about owning a dog the good bad and somewhat ugly so let's go i love that that sounded like an infomercial Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today we are chatting about all the things that no one wants to tell you about owning a dog. If you've been around dogs your whole life, you already know how weird they can be. But if you're new to dogs and the world of dogs, uh, here are a few things that might surprise you. Again, the things we're about to chat about are good bad and somewhat ugly but regardless we love our dogs unconditionally so justine let's talk about yeah let's talk about the first one i am no stranger to this and it is a lot when you live in a condo with a 90 pound dog the zoomies also known as i'm just learning this in this moment Frenetic random activity periods, also known as fraps. It has a name, people. Zoomies have like a real name. Um, I love that. Yeah. So this refers to the zoomies or this frap (laughs) to those unmistakable explosions of energy that our dogs have on occasion. Um, Yes, sometimes they are uh, frantic and can be repetitive behaviors such as running in circles or chasing your tail or your tail, their tail. Um, (laughs) uh, Or like after a bath, my dogs always get the zoomies after a bath. Um, But it is essentially what zoomies are is a excess buildup of energy that dogs hold on to and then it's released in one big burst. (laughs) I love this. And you'll sometimes see these uh, first thing in the morning. So after dogs have rested all night, Um, they might happen later in the day. If your dog has maybe been in a crate while you've been at work, or maybe they didn't get their full walk that day. I actually find that Marshall gets the zoomies after walks. Yep. Um, Post-walk zoomies. He loves them. Um, You also might see this in stressful situations, like if they've been restrained. What do you mean by that? Like tied up, like if you like if you need to like keep your dog tied up somewhere. Oh, yes. Or like going to the groomer, going to the vet after a good poop. Yep. Sometimes my (laughs) dogs, Willa, she will have a great poop and then just zoom around the poop like she's just had the best time ever. It is (laughs) hilarious. Yeah. Marshall's zoomies in the house are, and he has like the same route he does every time. And it involves like 
jumping onto the couch and destroying everything in his path and then like circling around and then back up on the couch. And it is, I know I should stop it because it's a terrible behavior, but it's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just let it, I let it happen. Every dog has their little zoomy thing they do. Willis is grab onto a toy and thrash it around her mouth and then run in a circle. And then Aladar's is to just do the little play bow a few times and then maybe run around in a circle, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, the zoomies. So if you're unfamiliar with the dog life, expect some zoomies at some point. What is the next one, Kens? Okay, this is one that I think a lot of people forget about (laughs) dog ownership, Um, but it's about training. Training can take a long time and it might never end. I would argue to say that it never ends. There you go. (laughs) I would argue to say that it is a lifelong journey. I mean, look at Willa. Is six? six? Yeah, she's almost six. 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 Turning six. Yeah. That's what I thought. You're still training Willa. All the time. But I do. Right? I do. Like, I'll, like, train her tricks. Like, her. I do correct her something she does because she's, like, bad around food, as an example. And is beggy around food. But, yeah, again, you're absolutely right. Never ends. Yeah, you're still you're still training her and she's six years old. And I mean, with older dogs, you can still teach them new things. Of course, it never ends. Dogs love to learn. That saying old you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Meh, false. And I think this is like important place to talk about puppy stages. So, right, you puppies go through lots of different stages of development as they grow up, just like kids, um, not to compare, but <laughs> just like children. <laughs> um, and you might get to a point in puppyhood where you're like, yes, I have got this. My dog knows all the basic manners. He's nailing it. And then all of a sudden you take three steps back because, um, they move into adolescence and they all of a sudden become like a big jerk and they become like a little defiant. This can happen with adult dogs too. If as an example, um, you know, you bring home a newborn baby and that dog's life gets turned on its head. It goes from being the center of your attention to not overnight. And the dogs, um, you know, some will do things to, you know, get your attention. So whether that's, you know, grabbing a granola wrapper off of your coffee table to, yes, to try and get your attention, or maybe they'll start pooping on the ground. You know, there's a billion things that your dog can do to try and gain your attention. Um, but yeah, that's a big one. Um, and when it comes to puppies, so you, a lot of people get a puppy and you know, the excitement and, Oh yay, we have a new puppy. They're so cute. Um, they're the worst, by the they, way. They kind of are. So, um, yes, you are bringing home a perfect baby angel of a dog, but maybe you won the canine lottery by bringing home a perfectly mannered dog, but most dogs are born rude. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty rude. <laughs> so that's why it never ends. Um, you might get tired, frustrated, and want to give up, but know that the consistency of training uh, throughout the entirety of your dog's life, your pup will get there. If not completely, they'll get pretty dang close and you can't really ask for better than that. 
Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, one more thing, Ken. Just one last point on that. If this isn't for you, so all of this puppy shenanigans, maybe consider adopting an older dog who already knows some manners. Rescues are really great at pairing you for your perfect pup. So if you say, hey, I don't want a dog that does this, this, and this, I have children in the home or whatever you might have. Um, Maybe you can't walk your dog for long periods of time, whatever the case may be, a rescue will be able to help you out. Yep. All right. The next one. This is really great. So sometimes dogs will eat their own poop and then throw it up. Yep. Or and then eat their throw up. (laughs) I have. uh, Okay. I haven't seen a dog eat their own poop and then throw it up and then eat it but I have definitely seen a dog eat their own throw up yep um so uh when Willow was a puppy she used to eat her own poop all the time um and it actually has a name uh so when dogs eat their own poop it is called coprophagia I don't know how to pronounce that coprophagia coprophagia I don't know it's a word. Look it up. It is a real thing. And it's generally considered part of the process of exploring the world around puppies. So mom dogs eat the baby dog's poop and baby dogs see this, puppies see this, and then they mimic. It is more common in females than males to eat the poop just because that's what mama dogs do. Um, but uh, the first time I saw Willa eating her poop, I said, WTF, this is disgusting. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, Thank God she grew out of it with some training. But um, yeah, most puppies will maybe try this. Um, If it happens in older uh, dogs, there's something else going on. And uh, you might need to contact a trainer for some help. But uh, it it does and can happen, especially in multi-dog households. Oh, I'm so glad my dog doesn't eat poop. Okay. This next one is very important. If you're, you know, thinking about getting a dog, one thing that you should know is that you won't have any money. Yep. (laughs) Bye-bye, money. See you later. Honestly, right? Dog food is so expensive. It is insane. Going to the vet is expensive. Grooming is expensive. Training is expensive. Everything is expensive. Yeah, I, you know, it's going to be expensive, but as it keeps coming and never ends, it just, it it's in, it just never stops. And, um, you know, maybe consider getting a separate savings account or credit card or invest in some insurance, uh, for your dog that in case of an emergency, you have that, um, on hand, but yeah, some dogs, you know, it's a, not a Wednesday where in the middle of the day, when your vet is open, they will decide to hurt themselves at 8 PM on a Sunday. And then you're running to the emergency vet, right? So, um, just something to consider money is yeah, money, money comes and goes no matter what, but when it comes to dogs, it comes and goes real quick. Right. And like, You know, as soon as you invest in pet insurance, like I did, then your dog will never need to go to the vet because they're perfect. But you pay $150 a month for pet insurance and that's just fine. But yeah, these things are super expensive. Heartworm, flea, tick, annual vet bills. Like I just shelled out like $500 for flea and tick crap. Are you kidding me? 
It is wild. And then if you decide you want another dog, then you just have to multiply everything by two. It's yep. bananas. It is Say nuts. goodbye to your cash flow. Plus, you're going to want to buy them cute stuff and bring them to cute dog-friendly events. And, uh, yeah, just just be ready to show us the money. They are, Cough it up. They are so worth it, but holy shit, dogs are expensive. <laughs> right. Well... There you have it. Some things that maybe no one will tell you about dog ownership before or during having a dog. Uh, We are going to take a quick break and be right back to continue our conversation and throw out some more truth bombs. Boom. the dog friendly kw podcast with your hosts justine and mackenzie on midtown radio kw and well today we are talking about all the things that no one wants to tell you about owning a dog why because in this world of social media all dogs seem pretty perfect but guess what they aren't they definitely aren't (laughs) so let's dive into some more good bad and ugly things that no one wants to tell you Okay, Mackenzie, this one's for you. Yep, this one is 1 million percent for me. This is you. I'll read it. Okay. (laughs) Guess what? If your dog sleeps in bed with you, you'll forever be tired. Forever. (laughs) You'll never have a good sleep. It's true. I can't, like, Marshall would be so annoying to sleep with. He's so large. Yep. Um, And it's not just that. It's like... Okay, yeah, it's adorable to have your dog sleep in bed with you. They're cuddly, they're balls of fluffy love, but they can be restless and downright annoying. (laughs) Um, And sleeping with two littles in my bed every single night, every time they move, I can wake up. Every time they decide to jump down and go get a drink of water, then they jump back up and they jump back up on my head and, you know, or they jump back up and like land in like my stomach and like wake me up out of a dead sleep. And, um, you know, this doesn't happen every night. I'm being a little dramatic, you know, they're, they're pretty good, but like if, if they say didn't get a good enough, um, you know, walk or, or run around or mental stimulation throughout the day, they might not settle as quickly. Um, they also wake up before you. So I'm sure most dogs out there wake a lot of people up um, and they demand to be walked and fed. So forever <laughs> tired with owning a dog. <laughs> Right, Marshall, because Marshall sleeps in a crate and it's right beside the bed. And if I literally every morning when I wake up, I just roll over and he's wide awake and he's just staring at me. (laughs) Wake up. Yep. And if I didn't have him in a crate, he would be all up in my biz being like, give me my breakfast immediately, woman. (laughs) Yep. But it's actually really funny because there's sometimes when I'll go to read in bed and sometimes I won't put him in his crate right away. I'll let him like come and lay on the bed with me while I read. And most of the time after like an hour of that, he'll jump off the bed and put himself in the crate. Oh, what a good boy. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be near you. (laughs) I want to be in my little, my little cave. He loves it. That's where he sleeps. 
Well, there you have it. If you don't want to be forever tired, create your dog. All right. All right. Next one. Your schedule will change if you have a dog. Um, your dog is going to dictate when you wake up to some extent. Um, they're going to require you to work in, you know, their walks and their bathroom breaks. They're going to need to be fed. Um, and if you, you know, have to go to work or you have to go out, um, you're going to have to work around their feeding, walking, bathroom break schedule. Um, and it really is easy to take for granted how free your schedule can feel without a dog, right? Like you can go out right out right after work. You can just go on out and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you do lose that spontaneity for sure. Um, cause you, you can't just, you know, leave your dog for multiple hours. Well, you can. It's just not very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe before getting a dog, you know, you can. Yeah, exactly. You can go out for drinks after work with some work colleagues and, you know, you're you don't have anything to worry about. You just go home whenever you want to go home. But if you've got a dog yeah. waiting for you who hasn't been fed or gone pure poops, then they're just sadly lonely waiting. Waiting. waiting I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not impossible to be spontaneous, but having a pup who relies on you for literally everything in their lives just makes it a little more difficult. That's why, you know, um, we always recommend having a few options for last minute, you know, things. So like whether it's a friend or family member or even a boarding kennel or, or a pet sitter of some sort to have um, available, um, you know, there's obviously emergency situations, etc. But to have somebody who is able to come check in on pup is, uh, is always a good thing to have. Someone having someone who has a spare key can be so helpful. I haven't really had to do this much with Marshall because I'm home most of the time because I work from home. But when I had my old dog, Bailey, and I lived on my own, I definitely have people that had spare keys because there would be times that I would be stuck at work. Like I would be stuck and I'd have to call somebody and be like, can you go take Bailey for a quick walk for me and give her dinner? Cause I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, so having, you know, backups just in case you are in a pinch somewhere can be super helpful. But yeah, it's so funny how intertwined they become in our lives. I remember when I moved to Korea and didn't have Bailey anymore, I would go away for a weekend. And then I would feel this like sense of like anxiety of like, I gotta get home to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I don't have a dog right here. I am good. I have nothing to go home to so I can do whatever I want. And it was almost the opposite effect of like, oh, feeling so free is very strange. Yeah, yeah. They definitely dictate our lives when they're here. Um, next one. I like this one a lot. What is it, Justine? Um, you will have to learn how to speak dog. And what we really mean by this is um, we are the more intelligent species, <laughs> Um, humans are more intelligent than dogs. So it is really up to us for us to learn our dog's language. Um, it's, you know, we can teach them commands and they can understand things to a degree, but at the end of the day, it's really up to us to understand them and understand what they're trying to tell us, whether that's through whining or barking or pacing or sniffing, um, 
we went a long time where Marshall would never whine if he had to go out and he had a few pee accidents even after like a year, year and a half old. And we haven't had one in a really long time because now I can spot it. I know most of the time if he's up and pacing, even if he's not whining, I just take him out, even if I'm not sure. Yep. And this one takes a while. Like it does. You, you do need to learn your own dog's language. Um, and then you literally, like, I, this sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but like, w- like Will and I can have like conversations. It'll be like Willa wines and it'll be like, what do you want? And then she'll, a lot of times she'll look at what she wants. So like, oh, she wants uh, water. She'll look at the Brita filter on the counter. Oh, she wants, you know, a treat. I have a cupboard. She knows where the treats hide. She'll literally look at the cupboard. And it's like, usually she wants treats. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> that. Exactly. But like, sometimes it's like, even like, she, you know, she's learned to like, go to the back door and like, stand at the back door and give it one little like, scrape, scrape with her little paw. And she knows right away that mom will come and let me outside. You know, like, it's like this language that they, they, come up with and that you just need to be able to decipher it so um you know some dogs are easier than others um like aladar just kind of goes with the flow um (laughs) her language isn't as vast as well as but um you know uh they they both have their little quirks and cues and you just have to pick up on them as the human and then eventually maybe you'll know how to speak your dog's language Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight here too, that learning your dog's language can also help you help them in anxious or fearful or stressful situations. If you can learn what your dog does when they're scared or nervous. I know, I know now that Marshall sometimes with certain men, especially if they're wearing hats or like a bike helmet and a mask. And if they're particularly tall, he'll like get low and really tense. And I can see, I can tell his body language right away. And I know in that moment that I need to create space between that person and him because he's super uncomfortable. But it's taken me a really long time to learn that and to have him growl at a couple of people for me to be like oh okay so you're you're upset yep (laughs) um but yeah it takes it takes a lot of time for you to kind of understand their vocabulary but as a dog owner that's your responsibility it's not their responsibility to learn your vocabulary all right last one this next one is so good hit us with it all right waiting through all the advice can be stressful so the internet is a large place. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of information out there. Lots of conflicting, confusing information. Um, a lot of dog people can be extremists as well. So, Or, or I would say not, not always extremists, but also maybe they just live in like these echo chambers um, in spaces that validate their thoughts or viewpoints on dog ownership. And are not willing to even remotely hear the other side. We see that, I think, a lot. Those polarizing views, we see a lot in the dog space. That's very, very true. Um, Like, just have a look at Reddit or some Facebook groups as an example. Like, you can just literally skim through and you'll come up to a, you know, a few snarky comments fairly quickly. Um, There's a lot of extremes on the spectrum of things like food, 
how to train your dog, what type of training to take your dog to, you know, the adopt own shop movement, how to raise your puppy and, you know, the best way to socialize your dog, how to groom your dog, like literally anything to do with a dog, you will get somebody I'm sure to argue a fact on it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's sad, but it's, 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 People are passionate about their animals. People are passionate about their dogs. They love their dogs. I totally understand that. I've lectured people about things about dogs before. And you know what? It comes out of a place of love. But I do think that there are a lot of um, confusing things out there for for people who are just trying to do their best. Yeah. And I think um, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have an opinion Um, and some are going to be more well-informed than others. Um, so really just make sure you're getting information from reputable sources, from people who are educated to offer that knowledge. So whether that's through, you know, proper peer-reviewed research and literature or veterinarians or behaviorists or nutritionists, um, right, find a well-educated space to find that information. Um, I think that's why when we dive into these types of topics, we often take this more exploratory stance because we aren't experts. And we're also just like you kind of living in this middle space where it's hard to know what's right and wrong. And at the end of the day, you're never going to be a perfect dog owner. (laughs) You got it. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going to be a perfect dog owner and people are going to critique what you do as a dog owner and that's okay. Just do your best and be informed and do what's best for your dog and be your dog's best advocate. That's really all your dog needs from you. Well, there you have it. A few more things you don't really hear before getting a dog. So let's take a quick break and we will be right back. listening to the dog friendly kw podcast and today we've been talking about things no one tells you about owning a dog so before we wrap up today mackenzie if you could think of one more thing that you wish everybody who didn't have a dog yet and was thinking about getting a dog would know what would you tell them well justine this is what i would say (laughs) Um, until you own a dog, you can't really imagine how much unconditional love can change your life. Um, you've had a rough day at work. You see this happy smiley face when you walk in the door and this wagging tail. They just make your day go from real bad to real great really fast. Maybe you gain 30 pounds and can't stop eating cheesecake for lunch. Well, guess it's me. What? <laughs> they don't care. Your dog doesn't care. So you still smell great and you <laughs> pet them and you they wag their tail and they don't give a shit. They just, <laughs> dogs just love. And this is, again, everything we've talked about, all of the poop eating and, you know, potential sleepless nights and, you know. Empty bank account. Yeah. Your schedule revolves around your dog, not you anymore. All of these things don't matter because this love you feel from your dog just makes it 
everything worth it. It's perfection. Well, on that lovely note, thank you for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast, and we will chat with you next time. Bye. Woof, woof.